Our Father and our God, we thank you that we can come here this morning and sing, recognizing that our help comes from you. That is a fact. All of our help comes from you. This morning we take it a joy to be able to come here this morning for no other reason other than to worship you in spirit and in truth and in the beauty of holiness. We thank you for this privilege and we thank you for this honor. My prayer, my desire is that each of us would worship you in spirit and in truth, allowing you to have your way in our hearts. We thank you for the freedom to assemble to worship you. May our hearts be drawn to you now, Father, as we commit and commend this time of worship into your hand. May everything we say and do here this morning bring glory and bring honor to you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. on a lonely street I can even walk a straight line But every time you look at me I'm spinning like an autumn leaf I'll hit bottom sometime Would I be without someone to save me Someone who won't let me Mistakes, big regrets, and bigger breaks than I'd ever care to confess. But you're the one who looks at me and sees what I was meant to be more than just a beautiful mess. Where would I be without someone to save me?
remember that theme. You are everything. What? You are, did you listen? You are everything that I live for. You're also everything I need. Remember that, okay? A very important uh, practical message. I'm thankful for that focus of the young people. You are everything I live for. You're everything I need. Today's message and the theme of today's message has been prompted by and therefore must be seen within the context of current headlines in our, new in our newspapers such as these. You read headlines concerning rape. You read in your headlines concerning people who are out of jobs, they've lost their homes. You know friends, yourselves personally, who are having problems in their homes. Spouses are being unfaithful. Children are being rebellious. And there seems to be an overall feeling within our community now of dread and depression and a sense of hopelessness. And unfortunately, even Christians, many Christians, seem to have the same attitude of hopelessness and desperation. These experiences and attitudes and response to them represent the climate or the culture or our environment now in which we now find ourselves. And when we add other pressing social issues like loss of jobs, as I've mentioned, which leads to loss of income, which lead to loss of home or car, school fees, and so on, we soon have a lot of people who are becoming desperate and they're looking for help wherever they can find it. And sometimes, however they can find it, doing things that they never dreamt that they would ever do. You have situations within churches that have come about because of this overall pervasive sense of, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn, I don't know what to happen. And so tempests flare, relationships are broken, this morning, I want to show from the Word of God why Christians should never have to be in such a quandary as to where they can find help in time of any need that they may have at any time and for anything. If it's one set of Christians who should not have a question as to where they should turn in time of need, it is the Christian, the child of God. I'm sure some of you are fans of Amy Grant. She has a song that begins with three questions, questions we always ask ourselves when we come into time of troubles. She begins the song with this chorus, where do I go when I need a shelter? 
Where do I go when I need a friend? Where do I go when I need some helping? Now, she does not say so in her short song, but Psalm, tells, Psalm 121 tells us exactly where to go. And he tells us in the psalm how the one that we go to will in fact help us, be the friend we need, be the shelter we need, give us the help that we need. These are words that we need not only to hear but to believe and depend upon. And so this psalm along with Psalm 120 and then way up to 134 I believe they're called Psalms of Ascent, Psalms of Going Up. Those Psalms were Psalms that the pilgrims, the Jewish people, the Jewish worshippers used to sing as they made their way up to the temple to worship on special festival days like Passover and different special events. As you know, the temple was situated on Mount Zion. And so the people had to tread up the mountain. And as they went, they sung these hymns. This is one of the second ones that they sang. These are words that we need to hear and hold dear today in the world in which we live. This psalm has a message for the believer and for all those who would trust in God today. So listen to these beautiful words of comfort and assurance. In fact, I want you to read them out together as the words appear on the screen. Or you can read them from your Bible, but read them out. I want you to get these words today. So when you leave this service, this psalm will be ringing in your heart as well as in your ears. So please, read along then from your Bible or from the screen. Psalm 121. Let's begin. From whence comes my help. That comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He keeps Keeper, the Lord is your shade, your right hand. Sun shall not strike by day, nor the moon by night. Lord shall preserve you, he shall keep your soul.
Now I want us to be sure that we get this message. So please let's read it again and meditate upon it. Let's go through the psalm once more. Beautiful words, aren't they? In the psalm, the psalmist describes the Lord as our guardian, our keeper, the protector of his people. Now, as I mentioned before, Jerusalem was in a hill country. And Mount Zion was the location of the magnificent temple in which they believed that God dwelled within the ark. In other words, Mount Zion represented God himself, the presence of God. Now they had to travel through these hills and these hills were filled with many dangers in order to get to Jerusalem to worship God. That's why someone has said that when you're going on a trip and you have some apprehension, dial Psalm 121. You'll get all the assurance that you need along the way. We'll see why this is true as we go through this psalm this morning. Look at the words. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains or to the hills, as the King James says. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Now, when you read different translations, you have different ways that these two verses are expressed. For instance, you have it as here. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from whence comes my help. In other words, my help comes from the mountains. But then you read another translation, you read it with a question mark. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Dash. From where does my help come? And you see the reason for that is because 
In that time, the mountains used to be regarded as the home of the gods, false gods as well. And so the heathen, the pagans, used to look to the mountains for their help. That's why when you read the Old Testament about the people of God going astray, being unfaithful and going after God, you talk about that they would be going into the hills to worship, in the mountains and so on. But the author wants to know here, yes, we look to the hills, but not to the creation. We look to the creator of the hills. We look to God, not to his creation is the point here. And so the mountains or the hills are used symbolically for the Lord. Now notice carefully, look at your text. The word Lord is written in capital letters, right? That indicates here that who is being referred to here is Israel's true God, Yahweh. I am God, the I am God. The one who always was, is now, and forever will be. The ever-present God. That's the one to whom the pilgrim looks. The God who is always present. Yahweh. The I am God. Help cometh from this God. Yahweh. The only true and living God. It gives us a guarantee of divine security all along life's way. No matter what life we may encounter. Friends, listen. When we face problems and difficulties in our life, the best place to look is not down with gloom and desperation and a sense of hopelessness. Not even around at man. No, the first place we should look is up. Up to our God. Our God, who is the creator of the universe. My help cometh from... Where does your help come from? Where are you looking for help right now? If you feel desperate in your search, it's because you're not looking to the Lord. If you look to the Lord, a sense of desperation will be gone. It's only when we look to ourselves, when we look to those around us, or we look down and we gloomy in a sense of hopelessness, that we become desperate. But when we look up to Yahweh, the I am God, then he raises not only our eyes, but he raises our hopes as well. I call this then, a guarantee of divine security. Divine security. Not human. Not psychological. Not social. Not economic. But divine help from God. Now listen carefully to this. The reason why the pilgrim can have such complete assurance that he will be helped by his God is because he knows his God. He knows who his God is. That's why he's called Yahweh, 
That's why he is called I am. He knows the character of God. The only people who do not trust God is those are those who don't know him. Oh yeah. You say, yeah, I believe God exists. The devils believe. Many Christians today are Christian atheists. A Christian atheist is one who believes in the existence of God, but who lives as though he does not exist. Anyone who truly believes in the God of the Bible and knows that God, who he is, can do nothing else but to trust him. No matter what the problem is, no matter what the difficulty is, no matter how the heart hurts, God is there for us. The psalmist expands on this text in the next line. He says, who made heaven and earth. The words of God are not just put in there to waste time or to take up space. Every word is important. He is now telling us something about Yahweh. Something about the I am God. He made heaven and earth. He is the great creator, all powerful. Not only that, he's a great designer. Look at the world around you. This thing wasn't just put together haphazardly, or as some believe, just happened by chance. God is a wise God. He is a designer. He knows how to put into place plans that affect, that bring about his purpose. That's the one that we're looking to. Our creator. He's all powerful. That's why I call this the guarantee of invincible security. There's no one greater than he is. No one can overcome him. No problem can defeat him. No difficulty can cause him to become depressed. That's why Paul says in Romans 8, if God is on our side, who can win against us? If God is on our side, who can win against us? The answer, no one, nothing, no economic problem, no home problem, no social problem, no health problem, nothing can defeat this God. This is a guarantee of invincible security. Nothing can de defeat us with God on our side. With him on our side, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to dread. You can trust this God, and when you do, you know something? You're going to find something out. Verse 3 tells us what we'll find out when we trust this great God. He will not allow your foot to slip. He will not allow your foot to be moved. I call this the guarantee of divine stability. And friends, if there's one thing we need today, it's stability. Look around you. Everything seems to be turning upside down. Everything seems to be moving. Nothing seems to be permanent. But God says, you place your faith in me, that I am God, the creator of this, you know, your creator, 
Everything around you can move and shift, but you won't fall. You won't fall. Now, it doesn't say the chaos is going to stop. It doesn't say the shifting is going to stop. It doesn't say that. But it says you won't slip. He won't allow you to. And so if you are failing, if you are falling, if you are slipping, then you are not trusting God. Or else this truth, this text is not telling the truth. A guarantee of divine stability. God will always keep us upright. Boy, I like this one. Because anybody needs to be kept upright is me. He'll enable us to stand. And when we've done everything else, to still be standing. And so, I say to you, if you have a need for stability, dial Psalm 121, verse 3. You get the assurance that when you trust in this great God, this Yahweh, this I am, this creator, he will keep you stable. Now the idea here in this verse is that God helps us to overcome enemies all the time. All the time. No matter what it is. You know, as the, the pilgrims moved up the mountains, they could put their feet on their foot on a stone. And they stumble and they can go all the way back down. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be harmed. They go back. God says, uh-uh. You trust in me? I'll keep you from falling. I'll keep you from stumbling. Beloved, there are all kinds of dangers that could face the traveler in the world today, even as there were all kinds of dangers that faced the traveler on the way up to Mount Jerusalem. All kinds of dangers. But this psalm rejects everything that is not of God. When you are looking for help, everything apart from the living God is rejected as the one or the source of genuine help. All of his creation is rejected. It's not the creation. It's not the sun and the moon. It's not the stars and the sea and the sand. No, no, no. That does not provide stability. It's the God who made them who provides it. And so true and lasting help comes from the creator, not from the creation. God is the one who made the sun, the moon, and the rocks. They have no spiritual power, although there are many people who are worshipping them today. They cannot inflict evil on us. They cannot inflict good on us. But Yahweh, the great I Am, in the midst of all of the problems and the difficulties, helps us to stand. And to stand firm. But we've got to look to him. We've got to put our eyes in the right place. If you do not have your eyes on him. And you have it on yourself. You have it on your spouse. You have it on your counselor. You have it on your teacher. You have it on your preacher. And you don't have it on God. You're going to slip.
You must look to him and ask him for help. Have you done that? Really done it? If you go and you ask him for help, then look to him and trust him to help you. We need to look to him not only because of what he can do, but also because of who he is. And when we do so, we'll be able to sing with assurance and conviction. In spite of the problems and the difficulties around, we'll be able to sing with conviction. I shall not be moved. No, 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 no. Yes, there's problems, but I shall not be moved from my faith, my trust in him. Let's stand and sing that right now, that song. I shall not be moved. Father, we thank you for that truth that if we hold on to you, if our faith is in you, if we are anchored secure to you, we shall not be moved. We thank you for that truth. Lord, we also thank you for another aspect of worship as we give back to you, as we return to you a portion of what you've entrusted to us in the form of our tithes and offerings. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part of this aspect of worship. We pray that you would receive these gifts. We pray that we would give with a willing heart and a cheerful spirit. And we ask that you give wisdom to those who are responsible for its management. Thank you that we can fund your work as we seek 
to not only send, but carry the gospel around the world and throughout this country. Bless the gift and the giver once again as we give back to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
God, let mercy sing Her melody over me And God right here, all I bring Is all of me Your kindness is what pulls me up again please to this wonderful psalm psalm 121 <clears throat> and let's return to our text for today and consider another guarantee that our helper gives us now remember these are guarantees that are given to us by God you can't get any better guarantees they're not ever come back and says well you know we had planned on doing that but we are out of business now God is never out of business of taking care of us. He guarantees us his ongoing help. Notice what he says in the latter part of verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber. You know, some people don't want to ever be considered of as being kept people. They don't be kept by anyone. I want to be kept. I want to be kept by my God. Notice what he says. He who keeps you will not slumber. Isn't that great? Yahweh, the I am God. He keeps you. People say, man, that make me, th you think I'm in a zoo or something? Zoo, you know, they keep animals. Well, God keeps us. 
but he keeps us because he loves us and he wants to provide all of our needs at all the times. He doesn't keep us out necessarily. He keeps the enemy out. You see, he doesn't keep us in, I meant to say, but he kept the enemies out, is the idea. He who keeps you will not slumber. This is the word of God now. Look at these words. Behold. Now notice that word. We read those, that word sometimes just go over it. That word behold wasn't just put there because David didn't have any other word to think about to put there. This is an important. Behold. You remember what John said when he saw Jesus coming? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of, what is he saying? Reflect, consider, think on these things. That's what he's saying. Listen carefully, meditate, ponder now what I am saying. Listen, he's saying. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He's repeating the same thing over and over again. In other words, he wants us to think about it. He doesn't sleep. Now we go to sleep. But suppose you had someone guard in your house and they go to sleep half of the time. Well, sometimes they have security people. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't say that, but anyway. <laughs> When you have someone watching for you or over you or protecting you, you don't want them to go to sleep. You want them to be alert, awake, watchful all the time. But not only that, able to help when problems arise. Now I call this the guarantee of constant or continual, never-ceasing security. I wish I could find some more words. Our divine keeper never sleeps. He's always awake and on the job watching over us. Even when we are sleeping ourselves and not watching ourselves, he is. And the psalmist repeats this great truth. To emphasize who it is that is keeping us secure at all times. This is repeated here. And you've got to watch these truths that are repeated. Vincent, look at, he doesn't stop. It goes to verse 5. What does he say? The Lord is your keeper. The Lord. It is because who he is watching over us that we can sleep securely. Yahweh, the great I am God, is the one who is our keeper. His very name, his very nature, I am that I am, assures us of this fact. He is the ever-present, never-sleeping God. And he's always able to take care of anything that comes against the one who trusts him. He's here. He's here to help us. He's here to help you right now. He has always been there and he will always be there. You say, well, I didn't experience in the past because you didn't trust him. You say, I'm not experiencing it now. It's because you are not trusting him. 
But if you trust him now, you can be sure you can go on doing it in the future. His very name assures us of that. His nature assures us of that. His essence, or like the theologians like to say, his ontos assures us that he is an ever-present helper in time of need. Get a hold of that because that truth is re 